Hello and welcome to United on Wheels podcast. I'm your host, Paul Amadeus Lane, and I'm so delighted to have you on our show today. You know, you can always go to our amazing website, unitedspinal.org. There you can find out some great things that we're doing that not only helps out the disabled community, but also communities and companies out there who may want to understand what it's like to employ one of us who are part of the disabled community and other uh, different um, outreach programs that we have, definitely go check it out. And we've been talking about our Strong Willed Together campaign um, for the major part of this year. Today, we're going to have a very special guest on our show that really embodies Strong Willed Together. We're going to find out about his career, about his journey, and the things that he has went through and how we can learn from it. And maybe right now you are kind of fearful to get back out in the workforce because of losing benefits, not being able to keep your, your skilled nursing care. He went through all of that. He used his voice to create change that many of us are able to benefit from today. So we look so forward to catching up and talking with him. Before we bring him on, remember, you can always connect with me, paulamadeuslane.com. You can reach out to me. You can connect with me. All social media platforms, Paul Amadeus Lane. That's how you can find me, even on LinkedIn, because I am a, say with me, folks, businessman. <laughs> Not a businessman, but a businessman. So you can even connect with me on LinkedIn as well. So we are so delighted to welcome our very special guest. Let's bring him on without any delay. I am so excited to have with me right now my next guest. He is a disability advocate. He is a lawyer. He is a philanthropist. He is also a mentor. We're talking about the amazing Josh Basil. Josh, what's up, my friend? How are you? It's good to be here today, Paul. Thanks for the invite and uh, excited to have some good conversations with you. Hey, great to have you on, man. The last time we had a chat, you were on my tech show. We're talking about accessibility and having some good chat about tech and and just all the the great things that you guys were doing over there. But now we get a chance to talk about United Spinal and what you've been doing uh, with the organization and just how integral you are to this organization, Josh. And I'm so excited to have, have this discussion. So, counselor. What's been up, man? You know, I, a lot of people have seen you in, in different videos, read different articles about you, but we wanted to spend this time to find out more about you, talk about the journey in the spinal cord injury uh, community and, and just life in general, because we know October is Disability Awareness Month. And Josh, you are the person that I look to oftentimes as after injury, continuing to grow, push the envelope. So, so Josh, to start from the beginning, what were the series of events that, that led you to be a part of the disabled community? Sure. Um, my life flipped upside down as a teenager. I was uh, 18 years old, and the world that I knew at that time was just sports, um, chasing girls, uh, trying to do my best with my studies. And with school, I finished my freshman year of college, and then I was on an annual vacation at the beach. Um, with my family and uh, went and uh, waste high water, uh, turned my back to the ocean for a second and a 
Wade just picked me up, threw me over my boogie board headfirst and slammed me headfirst against the ocean floor, um, shattering my neck. And I heard a loud crack and couldn't move anything. I was face down in the water, couldn't scream for help. Um, and luckily my friends saw me floating and they flipped me over, pulled me ashore. And that was the start to a new life. I was, I was uh, woke up 14 days later in the critical unit with a ventilator in my neck, unable to utter a word and speak with my family other than communicating with blinking in my eyes. So it's uh, when I did find my, my voice and leaned off the ventilator, I made sure from that moment on that I'd be an advocate for life and make sure that every word counted from that moment on. That that's so true, Josh. And you know, even after your wheelchair, you're still chasing girls, man. So so that so that didn't stop, right? <laughs> well, my uh, my partner would hope to say I've stopped chasing girls, other than my my five year old daughter. Um, and uh, but yes, <laughs> and, and 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 you know that that's an interesting subject too because Josh, I remember um, my injury happened when I was 22 years old. And, you know, the stigma back then was, oh, you know, no one wants somebody who is disabled in a wheelchair. And and, and I told this to, to people oftentimes, I got more attention being a quadriplegic than I did when I was walking around. And and we see now, Josh, I was injured in 1993. 90, 90, so there's a huge shift now. I mean, relationships are happening. Marriages are happening. You know, family, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, uh, people don't know the reality. And Josh and I can tell you about the reality. So it's uh, it's all good. Well, so much, so much of it is confidence. Yeah, you know, you know, earlier on in my injury, my wheels kind of they they might have slowed me down a little bit, mm -hmm. but as I got more comfortable in my wheels, um, and learning that I'm still me, I'm still Josh. I just got some new sexy wheels to let me get around and uh, get places faster. And, um, you know, there might be some barriers. I'll find my way around it. But for the most part, online dating, it's so much of it is confidence, putting yourself out there and trying not to get too emotionally invested. Um, there's going to be some great dates. There's going to be some horrible dates. But, you know, focusing on the great dates um, keeps keeps the gamble going, keeps, uh, keeps that ride going. And, when I, when I was doing it in my prime, like, I, no joke, in like a, a month period, I'd go on like 14 different dates with different girls um, or 14 different girls I would date in one month. I would treat it like a job interview. I know it sounds weird, but like I try to get not emotionally invested with it and realizing I'm trying to find a partner to see, can we go from date one to date two? If not, let's, it's not going to work out. Let's not, let's, let's just, uh, let's get to know each other. I love that, Josh, because even before my accident, um, when girls were always asking me, am I dating? I'm like, no, I'm taking applications. So when you said that about a job interview, I was like, see, that's what I'm talking about, Josh. That's why that's why you and I get along so well, because we we, we, we definitely, definitely have that like mind. And Josh, when you realized that this was something serious, a serious injury, did it take you some time to get adjusted to the rehab um, part of it, because I know for me, the first time when I was in Rancho Los Amigos, when my OT and PT came in, I was not having it. I didn't want to be bothered. I was just like checked out. How was it for you? 
It was, um, there's some very dark days in the beginning. And everybody, every single person with a spinal cord injury has those. There's, it's the reality of going from being completely independent to dependent on others. It's spinal cord injuries suck. There, there's no sugar coating it. But what changed for me was first my family, they had my back. Um, they, they were, whenever I got fall down, they were picking me up and getting me back up to, to, to access the world and to experience the world. And, but probably mentally more so than anything, it was the community. It was my mentors in the spinal cord community. Um, you know, being able to have people early on in inpatient rehabilitation come by my room to talk with me. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't know you could smile after a spinal cord injury until my, my buddy Robbie Beckman comes racing in and almost like knocks out my nurse and just like starts having a talk with her. And like, it's just like, oh my God, what, what's going on? Who's this guy racing in the room yelling at my nurse? And he's just like, where's my candy? And she's and it was like, and then he looked at me, he's like, what's up, son? Turn that frown upside down. I was just like, oh my God, what's going on? And then I had like another mentor, Tim Strachan, who was injured actually on the same beach as me 10 years prior. And he uh, had a full ride to play for Joe Paterno at Penn State. He's an All-American uh, quarterback in the country, broke his neck. And he went back to community college, went to undergrad, went to law school, fell in love, got married and had kids. I was like, if Tim can do it, I can do it too. So I decided to follow in his wheel tracks and that gave me confidence. So like knowing that life could go on that early on in my injury and that it could go on in beautiful ways, um, it definitely, it's definitely what I needed. And so, so much of what I try to do with mentoring now for families is to get into them as early on as possible because it sometimes takes that luck of meeting the right person to kind of get you into a different gear and wake you up and to let you see that, that life is still worth living. And I've had, I've had, I've known too many people that sometimes it takes a week. Sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes years, but it's like, when, when can you get to them? When, when can that moment where that flip switches in their mind to let them know that, that, that there's so much in front of them. That is so true. It's those serendipitous moments uh, that we have that just changes our life and, and the trajectory. You know, I've, I've had many of those and it seems like, a lot of us in our community, Josh, we have those because it propels our careers to areas that we thought we would never, we would never go. And um, it's, it's, it's awesome. I always, it's always funny when, when people just assume that we can't do certain things like kids and all these other things. And, and, and Josh, you have a beautiful, beautiful family yourself. And when, when people always ask me, like, you know, you've been married for 26 years and, and they, they want to be nosy. And, and, you know, and I, I understand what they what they want to ask me. So you know what I always tell them, Josh. What's I that? tell them the Death Star is fully operational. That's what I tell them. So they can oh, know yeah. that they can know that we're all good. You know, it's it's all it's all good. So, but uh, but but Josh, and 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 that's one thing that I've noticed too over the years with the newer uh, ones who are coming to part of our community due to injuries and everything. How how we can kind of help them along into into just dealing with kind of like what the new normal is. And that's one thing I really appreciate about what United Spinal does with the peer mentor groups, with the support groups, or all these different things that, that, that are offered. What was your experience or introduction to United Spinal when you were injured? So yeah, and you're absolutely right. Being able 
to reach families early on and our chapter networks that are all across the country with United Spinal um, can be a resource where you have people in the community that want to get to know you. They want you to join their chapter so that, you know, power in numbers, we're, we're in this together. You're not alone. So if you have a spinal, if you have a spinal cord injury, if you're newly injured, even if you're not newly injured, um, being able to connect with your local United Spinal chapter, um, it can be game changing. And, um, but my first interaction with United Spinal was at Shepherd Hospital. Um, it was in, within about six months after my injury, um, I ended up going, I live in Washington DC area and I ended up driving up to Philadelphia to the Shriners um, where I was doing evaluations for different types of tendon transfers and um, things of that nature. And a rep from United Spinal came in with backpacks and started talking with me and gave me a packet of information and let me know that United Spinal is here as a resource, that they exist, that, that they, they function for just this purpose to, to be able to serve the community and uh, to unite the community. So it's, it's, it's been a, an incredible ride that I've been on this journey with United Spinal since the early years and the early months. And, um, you know, being able to get more and more involved with United Spinal over the years, it's just, it shows, it's, it's taught me how incredible um, this organization is and all what they do day in, day out for the community. Absolutely, indeed. And, and Josh, before you had your injury, you had a dream of a career choice. And talk about that dream and talk about how your spinal cord injury didn't stop you from achieving that dream. So I knew I always wanted to be employed, like being employed and working. I just, I, I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I love, I love being, working with people and day in, day out grind. Before my injury, I did want to go into like investment banking, like kind of the area of stockbroker and things of that nature. I always loved kind of that, that gamble and that, that knowledge of, of kind of working with the system and figuring it out. But my injury kind of put a big st a stop on that particular career. Um, Tim, my, that mentor I was telling you about, he went to law school. And, and right now, you know, after my injury physically, I was limited to what I could do with my hands, but mentally the sky, the sky was the limit. So I, I wanted to go back and continue my education and, and go even further into grad school. So when I did become a barred attorney, uh, I knew, I knew I loved the spinal cord community. I knew I had a secret sauce of understanding what families have gone through from day one to, to you know, the days ahead. And that's when I became, decided to go around of becoming a medical malpractice attorney. So I help families across the country um, that have been injured um, due to the negligence of others, um, most often in the hospital setting, but a lot of times, you know, outside of a hospital setting, um, You've been catastrophically injured for any reason, and somebody else was the cause of it. Um, I, I'm, I'm there to fight for you, and um, and uh, probably my one of my specialties within being a trial litigator is knowing the uh, knowing how to build out the life care plans. So so much of when you have a litigation um, going forward, you need to have damages. And a lot of attorneys just create bullet plate where they used it from a, a previous client. Um, and say, this is what the damages will be. But every single spinal cord injury is different. Every single person's age 
their, their functionality, their need for services. And you have to build out that life care plan to, to really account for all of those variables. Um, and it's just, I really, you know, most attorneys are nerds, but I get to be an empathetic nerd. And I love being able to do that with my clients. And it's, it's just, it's been a very um, meaningful career path so far. I remember when I was going through litigation, um, when, when I was injured and I remember going through the life plan and everything, had someone come out, my attorney had somebody come out and that was my first time ever being introduced to something like that. Cause I had no idea. And, and Josh, you're right. You know, it, when you have to have somebody knowing what they're doing, who understands that you may have to get a, a wheelchair accessible van every four to five years, put that in the life plan. Because Josh, as you know, the conversion doesn't last as long as the vehicle. So all these different things. And even like um, when we get a little older, uh, we may go from a, a, a manual wheelchair to a power wheelchair, putting that in the life plan, um, nursing care, all these different things. And Josh, the community is really blessed to have you, you know, as a fighter, you know, when it, when it comes to that. And Josh, have you had that career case yet where you were like, because every lawyer, cause I remember when my attorney was like, you're going to be my career case, you're going to be my career case. So have you had that career case yet? Uh, I have actually, like I, with some of the attorneys I was working with, I, I was able to bring in a case um, and they're just like, these type of cases happen, don't happen that often. You see one or two of these in your career. And uh, um, so, yeah, it's, um, but it's it's been it's been a, a a journey nonetheless through the vocational system that I've been a part of. So early on in my injury, I I immediately you know about I think it was five months after my injury, um, I restarted school, and I went to a local community college and took a poetry class, and I was able to get so much that was in my mind onto paper about what was going on in my life, and it just helped me so much to come to terms of what path I wanted to take, what journey I wanted to be on. And to process that, it was, it was therapeutic. Um, and then I ended up joining Maryland's vocational program, which basically every state in the country has a department of vocational rehab that helps people with disabilities pursue employment. And one of the biggest ways to pursue employment is to get an education and have the right technology and supports in place to be able to do that job. So VR, vocational rehabilitation, will, in, in different states will pay for your schooling, will pay for you to go to community college, to undergrad. They even helped pay for me to go to law school. Um, they'll, they'll help pay for a conversion with your vehicles in many states so that you could drive to work or have transportation to work. They'll pay for the different technology so you can have a computer, voice dictation software, um, a quad stick, um, different, th different things to allow you to operate your computer. And a lot of families don't know that that, that exists. And it's an incredible resource um, to be, help pay for, for that, that education and the, that educational pursuit. And Josh, one thing that I, I remember about your, about your, your journey and your study I'm sorry, your journey and your story. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about schooling right now. I'm talking about studying. So, but uh, one thing I remember, Josh, was there was a point where you almost was going to lose your your nursing care while you were working. Yep. And 
things like that prevent ones like ourselves to go out into the workforce because we don't make enough money to have skilled nursing care 24 seven, but there are benefits out there. And Your microphone's off. Two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. How about now, Josh? Good. Okay, good. I, I'll rephrase. I messed up for a reason, right? So I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and rephrase that. Here, here we go, uh, my friend. Okay, Josh. There came a point when you were starting out your career, and you you almost lost your your nursing care, and, and no doubt that had to be fearful because you need someone to take care of you. And and none of us are really balling like that where we have enough money to pay for 24-7 nursing care while we work. So that has caused many like ourselves, Josh, not even try to go to work, get back into workforce because of losing benefits like that. And Josh, how did you deal with that challenging situation? So yeah, it's so much of, of the barriers for workers with disabilities right now is that we don't have as much as many success stories. So people hear the horror stories and they remember the horror stories about, you know, John, Joe, Jane ended up pursuing work with a disability and went to school, went through all this effort, then became employed and they take, took away their benefits. They lost their benefits. And it's like, why, why would I even go down that road? But the truth is, is that 45 out of 50 states have Medicaid buy-in programs that allow workers with disabilities to buy into Medicaid and work above the, the Medicaid limits. Um, those programs take some navigation, but I'm gonna, I'm here as a resource. I mentor hundreds of hundreds of families per year on how to navigate their Medicaid buy-in programs. So I'm here as a resource for you first and foremost. Um, for me, my, with my journey, I ended up um, about a few years after becoming employed, got a letter from the state saying that we need to switch you to a new nursing program. Um, and that nursing program uh, was the only place I could get licensed nursing, LPN uh, uh, nursing level care, which is required in my Nurse Practicing Act to do a lot of my, my, my bowel program, to change my suprapubic tube and those things. And, um, so those, that's the only level of nursing care I'm allowed to have. But that program was blocked from my Medicaid buying program. So anybody that was enrolled in that program would automatically get kicked out of the Medicaid buying program that allowed me to work. And it was a loophole in the, in the rules that just, that, that just didn't make sense. And there was no other program. They closed all of their other programs on, on getting LPN level skilled nursing care. Um, so I couldn't apply to any other program. So basically they said, you need to choose between nursing or employment. And I said, no, I'm not gonna choose that. I'm gonna get some media attention to bring this to light to let the public know that that this choice is not a choice that I'm going to have to make or others in Maryland are going to have to make because this this does not this is not good public public policy. Um, the uh, the powers to be uh, heard that and they changed their ways, but there's still many barriers um, that exist. But I, I also learned over the years with my Medicaid buying program that there was limits on each of the programs on how much you could earn from an income, from an asset standpoint, uh, when you would retire, there's age limits. And then there's also limits on whether or not you can include spousal inclusion. 
So, and since then, because I know that there's limits, I know there's rules. I also know as an advocate, those rules can change with the right pressure, with the right voice, right wheels on the ground. So we created a coalition called the Willing to Work Coalition. And over the last three and a half years, we've been lobbying and advocating uh, with um, the, uh, the governor's administration to change those rules. And next month, so we're in September, 2022, October 22, the administration has agreed to lift all income and asset limits for workers with disabilities in the state of Maryland. So that's gonna be huge next month. And um, I've not been able to have a pay raise since becoming a barred attorney in 2013. So I'm excited for that raise. That is awesome. That's awesome, Josh. I know here in California, they just did that in, uh, in July. And, and can you believe that, that California, you know, had, had limits on, on how much you can make and, and all these other things. But now since July, they, they kicked it up some now and. They've, you know, they've increased the limits a little bit. Yeah. We need to get more states to have unlimited. Yeah. There, there shouldn't be a, a ceiling on, on your employment. If you advance in your career, if your skills and knowledge get better and better, then you should be paid just as much as anybody else that doesn't have wheels or anybody else in the community or in the workforce, your skills and talents should be paid equally. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree because I, I've, I've had my home um, for over 26 years and it, it was interesting when we would have to fill out paperwork and everything. They would always ask, you know, about your home, how much money you got into the bank and everything. And it's like, they wanted to keep you in poverty. And it's like, what if a catastrophic, um, event happens, my, my transmission goes out on my car because I can't keep more than $3,000 in the bank that I can't get my car fixed. You know, so it was just kind of, kind of weird stuff going on with people making these rules, but, you know, and as more and more, like you said, the, the wheels on the ground that we have, um, we're able to, to make these changes happen because sad to say, Josh, every year our population is increasing and we're not going anywhere. So rules, rules need to change. Rules need to change and they can change yeah. and they must change, but it's up to us to change them. Yeah. And that's another beautiful thing about the United Spinal Association. We, every year we have a role in Capitol Hill where we invite uh, chapter leaders and advocates to, to fly out to DC to, to legislate um, with, cap, with legislators in, on the Senate side, on the House side, and to let our voices and wheels be heard. But we need to go even further we need to bring all, each and of our each of our United Spinal chapters to their local, uh, to, to to their state, to all their states, to hear from their state legislators or to speak to their state legislators about creating rule changes within the laws, the statutes, the regulations that are set forth governing their their their, their lives there. And everybody, everybody can do this. Uh, it, there's no doubt about it because you see it. And Washington State lifted the income and asset limits. Um, they have no income and asset limits anymore because of of uh, a bill passage that they did um, about, I believe, two to three years ago. Um, this past January, the, the governor of New Jersey lifted all income, asset, age, and spousal inclusion limits in New Jersey. Um, we're, we're seeing one state after another make these changes, but it's those advocates on the ground that work with their legislators to make it happen. So we have to do it. It's this is all a spinal cord injury. We can't flip a switch and and cure our paralysis. So we have to think of it as a long-term investment. 
and we need to work for long-term changes. And foundationally, if we can get these programs to work better for us, we're going to be seeing a different landscape. Like it's, it's so important that we have more people with spinal cord injuries in the workforce, not only to benefit their quality of life, because every dollar that can go to your quality of life can benefit your quality of life, especially if the rules of the programs allow for it. But being able to get more of us into the workforce, it's going to change the conversation because more people are going to hear from us. They're going to see and listen and hear and experience our incredible skills and talents, which people with spinal cord injuries are natural problem solvers. Every single day, we have to navigate a world that's not that accessible. And we navigate it to the to with, with precision and skills. And it's uh, every workforce wants that to be added to their team to help navigate and to think through problems creatively, to help have a voice that reaches the one in four people in this country that are actually living with a disability. One in four adults in the US are considered to be living with a disability. It's not a matter of if, but when. Um, for some, it happens at a younger age. Some, it happens as they age and um, their body starts to break down. But the human body is fragile. We know it in, the com in this community better than most. Um, but you know, being able to have a more diverse workforce is, is, a, is a better workforce. You hit it right on the head, Josh. You know, we are problem solvers. We go every day trying to trying to solve a problem, and navigate, and 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 that's true. I, I, Josh, I don't know if you experienced too uh, working working with a fellow a fellow attorneys that you know some the powers that be always look at us and be like, hey, you need to learn from Paul and Josh because they figured this out. You can figure it out. You know, they work hard. We're diligent. You know, and and it's true. You know, every person that who I ever talk to in the workforce we always we 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 step our game up you know because we, we we know how important it is to to make sure that 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 we see a problem we attack it and we overcome it and we meet that challenge and that and that really comes off in the way that we we work as well too and uh and josh anything else as far as uh, uh work career changes or any advice you'd like to give uh more advice to give the ones out there who are kind of fearful of of taking this leap like you and i have so you just don't have to do it alone. Um, I didn't do it alone. You didn't do it alone. Like together we are stronger. So I, I, I'm here as a resource. I I'm, want everybody to know that um, part of what I do is, is help families navigate their employment journeys, um, to help answer questions, to create unanswered questions to be answered, uh, and to let them know that there is a system of rules. And if you can figure out those rules, you can, you can do this very successfully. First and foremost, you don't want to, you know, caregiving and the supports that you have are the most important to keep. So, and those, those programs and those services can be kept with navigating the system correctly um, in many, in many, many, many states. It's just a matter of understanding what, what are, where, where what state do you live in? How old are you are? There's, there's probably another 10 variables and we put those together and then you can have options on what direction to go in. Um, and it's, and to be able to communicate with your other United Spinal chapters to talk to other people that have already done it as well. Like we all can learn from each other. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, and we can kind of be on this journey together to, to like, to change the way the world sees paralysis.
That is so true. So true. Well said, my friend. Lastly, let's talk about since the last time we we talked, you have a new addition to the family. So, so talk about balancing a full-time career, being a father now, and and then what that's like. Absolutely. So um, so I I I have the most incredible five-year-old stepdaughter in the world. She came into my life uh, at the age of two. And I've been spoiled with, with having her at that age and being able to experience every day since. But I never got to experience it from the beginning. Um, and my, my partner and I, Katie, we ended up doing, um, or Katie did IVF and went through the whole process. And six months ago, we were blessed to have uh, our son, our baby boy, Calder, um, introduced to the world. And he's just growing nonstop. He's almost 20 pounds and he's, I'm just, I'm always trying to figure out different ways to be more physical and have more touches in his life. You know, physical is, is very difficult when you're paralyzed below your shoulders. Um, but I've, I've always had the belief that I'm very dependent uh, on the world around me and, and others, but I'm independent through my caregivers, through technology, through different setups. And I've been finding nonstop different ways to, to be able to father. I have all these wearable clothing that I'm able to put my cook holder into or different straps to hold them to my body or having moments to hang out with them on the couch or in bed. Um, I have a special uh, device that attaches to my wheelchair that mounts a, a baby carrier so I can wheel them around my house, wheel them around my neighborhood and have them right next to my face in my lap. Um, so it's like with a little creativity and a will and the the, the ability to, to figure things out, um, I, I'm I'm doing it, I'm learning from others. I've, I interviewed so many other quad dads to figure out how they did it as well and to learn from them. So there's nonstop, I'm always gonna be both a mentor and a mentee. There's always more to learn. There's always more to give and share with others. But um, you know, being a being a father, it's it's been the one of the coolest experiences of my life. I've dreamed about it all my life. I always knew I wanted to to be a dad and uh, be a coach for life, and I'm now having that, and I'm I'm loving it. I'm appreciating every moment, and just it's I'm very excited for the days to come. I love it, Josh. I, I love it. I love it, and, and I've seen the pictures and. And you and that smile on your face, and, and it's really, really, really awesome, uh, Josh. How you know we're helping you know the newer ones to to see who are part of this community that you can you can live life. You know, you can be a parent, you can have a successful career, you can be an advocate. And and one thing I like about you, Josh, always paying it forward and always remembering uh, ones in our community to empower them as well. And uh, and Josh, you know, so great to. Great to catch up with you. Anything else uh, you'd like to share with uh, with the spinal cord injury community uh, once or listening and watching before I let you go? So, so we are we are a community, um, and we're going to be stronger for it. So, being able to give back every chance you get is going to build a better community, um, and that community is then going to support you, and you're going to support it. And it it just it's a beautiful cycle where we are. We're going to be we're going to be stronger for it and united spinal 
is, is a great place to start um, building that community. If you're not already, go to our website um, and join, become a member, sign up for the newsletter, sign up to become a member, join to be able to get the new mobility magazine, um, find out where your local chapter is, sign up for that. And if there's not a chapter in your state, create one, be, be, be the leader that, that creates that new chapter in that state, or you know, there's not, nothing against the rules to have multiple chapters in multiple states, build one in your, in your town, in your county. Um, so just, I just want you to know that we, we are on this adventure, on this journey together. And um, the more we can do together, the better. And just Paul, thank you for having an incredible platform where we get to have these conversations and unite the community and, and let, the, let the world know that, that there's, I know I've said this a few times, but there, with the right approach, with the, with the willingness to try, um, we can keep wheeling forward to, to very, very beautiful, meaningful days. Absolutely, Josh. And and as the campaign says, we are all strong willed together, right? You know it. That's what we are. Well, Josh, always great catching up with you, my friend, and looking forward to doing it again soon. I love it. I can't wait. Really enjoyed chatting with the amazing Josh Basil uh, about his journey, about his career, how he's advocating for us, and how we can learn uh, to follow his example and do the same and uh, the many things the battles that he has dealt with and won uh, should help us to see how how we can do the same and not do it alone so let's all work together remember we are strong willed together we have an amazing coalition here at united spinal so definitely be a part of it and definitely come join us before i let you go go to our website unitedspinal.org you can find out some amazing things, resources, uh, different uh, type of things that can educate us on maybe things we weren't aware of. Uh, you can find out about our Strong Will Together campaign, find out about uh, the, the chapters. Um, and like Josh said, if there's no chapter in your area, create one. Come on down, as the great Bob Barker used to say. No, Rob Roddy said that, didn't he? Yeah. I get mine puns always mixed up but you know what i'm talking about but hey it's time for me to get out of here but thank you so much for tuning in to united on wheels look forward to chatting with you on our next episode take care folks i love you guys life stay healthy stay safe